0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hi, y'all. This is Houseguest, and I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. Think a Gen Z wannabe Martha Stewart meets Dolly Parton trying to live in a Nancy Meyers movie in her 20s. We talk all about life, relationships, navigating your 20s, closing out the bars, or waking up at 5 a.m., depending on our vibe that week. Ultimately, living our best lives and figuring it out along the way. So come hang out. Sometimes I have guests on who do really cool things, some of my best friends, or it's just me and my house that I spend way too much time in. So let's get into the show. Hi, y'all. I am really excited about today's episode. So I made a new friend about a week ago, a week before recording this episode, okay? Her name was Maggie Sellers. You might know her as the hot, smart, rich girl. She is so cool. She's been popping off on TikTok. I followed her actually for quite some time. And I love her content. I met her in person. I loved her as a person even more. We just really connected and hit it off. We were fast friends. And I feel like we just align on so many things. And she is so fucking smart. Like, I can't even explain to you guys how brilliant she is. I wish you could know really all everything she's done in her career because it is mind blowing. But what I loved the most about Maggie is really just her and her life and how She is so strong and courageous and not afraid to take risks. You see that very obviously in her career. But I more so mean in her personal life, she just broke off an engagement. She's changed her entire life at a time where most people would settle out of fear and maggie has done the opposite of that so we're going really all over the place we're talking about how to be hot smart and rich the mission behind it which really aligns with breadwinning housewife we're talking about her ending her engagement and tips on changing basically your entire life and also breakup tips and then we're talking about stepping into your feminine which is something we're both trying to do this year so without further ado we're welcoming maggie sellers onto the podcast y'all are going to love her i will have all the information in the show notes. I love her so much. As always, this episode is available on YouTube if you are more of a vlog cast watcher. I'm a vlogcast girl these days, okay? And I we have a YouTube channel. Every single episode is going up on that YouTube channel. Anyways, without further ado, let's welcome Maggie onto the show. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to record this episode. I mean, we basically have already recorded like 30 minutes. I know. Just- We were just talking. We're just chatting it up. (laughs) We're just girlies catching up.
0: I'm so excited. I feel like I already just saw you a week ago and I'm excited to be here again. So Maggie and I met a week ago, but it's been like a very fast friendship. Yes. She was in Dallas. I'm obsessed with Dallas. I understand why you moved back. A girl after my own heart. Like anyone who loves Dallas, I love. If anybody was like, where would you move to the States if it wasn't LA? Dallas in a second.
1: Yes, it was just, it was so fabulous. We did a nice little walk on the Katy Trail. We went to Foxtrot on Knox. We got matchas. It was incredible. It was a great matcha. And now I'm in my matcha era. Yes. <laughs> there is something about when you're in a matcha era, matcha is very similar to eggs in the sense of like, mm. I'm obsessed with matcha for six months at a time. And then I can't even think about it for two years. Same way I am with eggs. Like I will eat eggs with
0: every single meal for three weeks. And then I can't even look at it again. Kate, okay, Let me ask you this with coffee. Are you always the same person that goes to the same coffee shop? Yeah, but I am, I
1: make it at home now. Actually, I never thought I would be that girl, but it's because I became obsessed with this like coffee creamer. Okay. So Calafia Farms cookie butter creamer. I talk about it literally all the time. I can't like something just kind of like, yeah, it's very extreme. And then when it's very extreme, like it's in my entire personality and I talk (laughs) about it all the time. So anyways, I started making my coffee at home, iced coffee with that. And now I just don't really like getting coffee out. Okay, but do you do iced coffee in the mornings and you never have hot coffee? So it depends on the season. Okay. In the summer and fall and going into winter, I'll do iced coffee. Now that it's so cold, I have transitioned back to hot coffee, but then I'll switch. But I don't have hot coffee when it's hot out normally. And I used to.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to do that too. Like I love hot coffee, but I feel like iced coffee just goes down better. So I'm getting into that. Do you feel like you get the same amount of energy from
1: hot coffee though?
0: No, I get more energy from hot coffee, less
1: from cold. Oh, I'm opposite. Like hot coffee, I could take a nap after and I need I need ice to like actually do something. <laughs> like hot coffee is for the vibe, you know? I can't describe it. Like it's not really, there's no caffeine in that. <laughs> for the vibes. You know? It's for the vibe. <laughs> That's what it is, you know? So anyways, we're going to learn how to be hot, smart, and rich, step into our feminine energy, and change our entire lives today. And we have our teacher here, Maggie Sellers. That is not a lot of pressure at all. No, but not at all. <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah, I wanted to just like make you feel really comfortable and like it's easygoing, and I'm super chill and relaxed. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> let's start with HSR, because I feel like that is that's really what you're known for these days,
0: which I love, by the way, because I am a multifunctionate, creative entrepreneur. And it was my worst fear to get up in front of somebody and be like, what do you do for work? And I was always like, "Uh, how do I describe doing 50,000 things every single day? And now HSR has really turned into obviously my company's name, but a mission. And I think It's what I talk to a lot of the founders that I invest into is like, you have to have a why. It's why I think like we talked about this on our walk, even in influencers, creators, they need a why to stand out, to have the audience relate to. And I think for me, empowering women to feel like they can be authentically themselves, be hot, smart and rich is honestly my life's work. And it really does stem back to how I started kind of even posting on TikTok, which is like, women control 85% of consumer spend, yet we get 2% of venture dollars. I truly think it's because women in the workplace are trying to fit into a box of a masculine energy of trying to tear away their femininity, tear away what makes them hot, smart and rich. And it's not working for us. So it's time for a new era where it's not to say goodbye to the girl boss. It's reclaiming that as a different way forward, which is to be hot, smart and rich together, in my opinion. Yes. I think that's why we get along so well, because I, this
1: was just merch and it was something I would say for fun, like the breadwinning housewife thing. The entire point of breadwinning housewife is that it's an oxymoron and you can be both. Like you can, you can like super like feminine, girly, like more traditional things. And you can also be like a millionaire and be super successful or whatever and fill in the blank. Like you don't have to like literally be at home, like making a meal. It's not that. It's the idea that you can be whatever you want to be and like not have to fit into society's mold.
0: A hundred percent. And we're seeing this more and more, like just to take it to the venture side a little bit, my investment thesis is we empower women that are transitioning their role throughout society and are struggling because they are the breadwinner. They are the social chair. They are the primary caregiver. They are the everything to everybody in the family. And it is very difficult for women. We're seeing women like have more side hustles because they're just trying to have that financial separation from their partners unless they find a partner that is actually a partner and not somebody that is just looking to have Somebody do everything. And I think that's, again, to your point, like why I'm really relating to everything that we've talked about over the last little while is I am really trying to step into that era of like not being so hustle culture and so like my job is my life and that's my identity and be able to interior design and be able to make a great meal and be able to have great fashion and all the other things that make me Maggie. And I think you can do both. And that's why you and I just clicked instantly. Yeah. It's
1: interesting. Another thing about living in Dallas, it made it so much easier for me to step away from the hustle culture and build a life instead of just building a career. And it's benefited my career tenfold because I've really like stepped into my own and really like found myself and created the life that I wanted. So then I've been able to like create the career that I've wanted. Yeah. You know what I
0: mean? I even feel that way when I obviously moved to Calabasas for that short four month period. I did that purposely because I wanted to not be so close in proximity to say yes to everything. It had to be so intentional. And so I was alone the majority of the time. And that's when you really kind of have to take a step back and be like, Outside of my job, which I can do remotely a number of days of the week, what do I like to do? Which is why I got back into horseback riding, back into cooking, back into dreaming about traveling again and like what my dream apartment would look like. And those were all things that I completely shut out when I was in the rat race of L.A. trying to make it and be a hustler and like all of this like, I don't even know how to describe it. It, It's positive on the one hand, but if it becomes your life in an obsession, you kind of lose who you are. Yeah. I lost who I was.
1: And I think you can't, I mean, for me personally, and I think just being in the fields that we're in, if you lose who you are, it obviously negatively affects every other aspect of your life. But like, with my career, I was like, okay, like my career is really kind of based on who I am. So like, I've actually got nothing here.
0: Yeah. You know, which is interesting for me too because like I never started to post on TikTok because I was looking to be like, I'm going to create this media company and this mission. Like it was really this chip on my shoulder of feeling like, wait, I've done a lot of really cool stuff in my career and like nobody's knocking on my door to be like, hey, do you want to go on this podcast or do you want to have this investor role at this venture fund? So I kind of just felt like I'm going to start posting on this platform. And now I'm so proud to have not niched down and to have been this holistic human. And if you go back into a year ago, a year and a half ago when I started posting, I said, I want you to feel like when you come here, you're coming to dinner with me. And if you came to dinner with me, I would not talk business for the whole time. I would talk about that for 60 percent, 70 percent. But I would talk about other things. Yes. And I think that's what has really now that I'm truly living that life. And it's been a change since I've obviously ended my relationship and really found myself again. My TikTok and my persona and my audience has just grown. No, totally. We touched on this and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but just the
1: power of like being vulnerable and sharing where you're at. And it's really crazy how I think one of the very, I've at least found one of the benefits of having a platform is when I like speak to something that's going on in my life that maybe feels isolating or I feel very confused or lost or like, God, I'm the only person in the world who feels this (laughs) way. You realize that like so many other people are in the exact same positions or similar or are coming to you because they need help. Like it is, it's a very like fulfilling aspect of it. Guys, it is actually so cold in Texas right now. I woke up this morning and it was nine degrees, nine degrees. Okay. And I realized like, I don't have really the proper attire for this. Okay. And then it got me thinking of, you know, the ski trips that I plan on taking and all these snow, snow, snow galore. Okay. And I don't want to store that clothing. I really don't, but I do wanna have it. And that is why I'm going to be renting on Newly. So, Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. It's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Renting from Newly lets me shift gears in my wardrobe without a complete and completely expensive overhaul also just a lot of stuff in my space okay every month I rent six items from newly shared closet of over 17,000 styles for everything I have going on they have dressy stuff they have trendy like going out clothes they have good casual tops especially if you're in college and you just want like a cute going out top and premium jeans are just hanging around sweaters wear, vacation fits you name it I love that I'm getting to try out these trending styles the colors the silhouettes even just things that I want to wear for trips, then I'm also able to send them back for something new. So not only am I saving money, I'm also saving space in my closet and I'm getting to try out clothes that I otherwise would probably just never be able to have, honestly. So newly takes care of everything from shipping to laundry. I can even pause without paying a fee if I need to take a break for any reason. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles for more than 400 brands they have the best brands they have free people selkie for love and lemons anthropology a goldie they have i mean they have so many they also have inclusive sizing so it goes up to 5x as well as petite and maternity there's fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility no laundry for you to worry about the option to buy what you love sometimes up to 75 percent off It's fun. Newly gives you everything you need to get inspired, get creative, and explore your style without making commitments. It's flexible. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's not a big deal if you lose a button or you spill something, or you even just need to take a break. The savings are unreal. So ranging from Newly means getting to wear more while spending less, okay? You can curb that. Must buy something new feeling you get when there are events on the calendar. While still feeling confident and excited about your wardrobe. That's something in 2024, actually, I want to stop doing is buying something they for every occasion. And Newly is really helping with that. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code HouseGuest20. Just go to N U U L Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code HouseGuest20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N U U L Y.com, Newly with two U's, with code HouseGuest20, Newly Subscription Clothing Rental, Change Your Clothes.
0: Hi, friends. I'm Cameron Rogers, host of Freckled
1: Foodie and Friends podcast, which is now on Dear Media. Are you wondering what just happened to your life after having a baby or struggling with your mental health during postpartum? That was me just a few months ago. Are you working on healing your relationship with yourself, your body, and or food? Same. We are all on a journey to self-love and acceptance, and I am right there with you. That's what Freckled Foodie and Friends is all about, reminding you that no matter what, you are not alone. Make sure to tune in for season five, launching with Dear Media on November 9th and subscribe to listen to new episodes every Wednesday morning. I want to go into your career a little bit. I know you can't talk about a lot of like specific things, but can you give like the pitch to your career and why you're like the best, basically what you gave to me and why you're the best at what you do. And I also have a story to
0: add. Okay, amazing. I could talk forever about this because I've lived nine cat lives of my career, but I'm going to summarize it by... I started my career in sales, which if you are coming out of college or you're feeling lost, go into business development sales because every single role, whether you are a creator, whether you are a CEO, whether you are an investor, you are pitching yourself. I am so glad I started my career doing that. I then transitioned into my first startup, which I was so lucky. We ended up going public during the time that I was there and I held two roles, marketing analytics, so complete opposite brain of being in sales, studying data all day And then I headed up special projects. So I actually like launched some pilot programs underneath our CEO to rival our biggest competitors as we were going public. So obviously amazing experience, super young. That's where I sort of touched on these like big partnerships. So I started doing stuff with like Weight Watchers and some celebrities there, but obviously smaller scale being from Canada. I then ended up getting headhunted. I went into a very fast growing startup. We raised $120 million over the time that I was there. Helped launch the Canadian market. And then I moved over to LA and worked underneath the CMO And it was a rocket ship. And that was the first time that I experienced what a celebrity could do for a brand. This was like five, six years ago. And I remember just seeing how quickly we could acquire a customer with half the cost of what we were doing for any other marketing channel. And that's the light bulb moment where I was like, I don't know enough about entertainment, but I live in LA, I need to go work for celebrities. So I went over to first a management company, then I went over to a record label and did a whole bunch of things, but it really always kind of, comes down to being a jack of all trades, which for a very long time I thought was an Achilles heel because you hear like, don't be good at everything. But that was kind of what I was. I hate to say, like, I'm good at everything, but I was never amazing at one thing growing up. I wasn't like the best at soccer or the best at math or the best at English or the best at public speaking. But I was pretty good at everything that I put my mind to. And so when I was in these roles, I was heading up everything from like creative to like partnerships to starting to invest. And that's where I became obsessed with this idea of like celebrity meets venture capital, learned venture capital through angel investing and advising and ultimately have played a lot of different roles, but have done everything from placing some of your probably favorite celebrities into super amazing, high profile consumer brands. Like the most popular celebrity collaborations you can think of right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. To investing their money. And then I now have a syndicate where we invest, you know, anywhere from 50 to half a million dollars into sometimes celebrity brands. But like I said, our investment thesis has evolved a little bit. We also do a lot of technology. We do a lot of service based industries and the last two that I just invested into, I'm probably the most excited about, which is Alara, which is women's health focused on women with PCOS, endometriosis, and then Upkeep Beauty, which is honestly the best way that you could go and get any sort of medical aesthetics procedure. So it's a convenient way to find, source, and book any of your medical aesthetic procedures. So things, like Botox, filler, facials, laser hair therapy, et cetera. So yeah, obviously I've done a lot and I think that's why... I, I just knew that having a platform for the right reasons, like you need to have something you want to say. I have a lot to say. And I have kind of felt this, like I've done a lot, but I've never been picked. I was always on the soccer, you know, when it's like you're in high school and you're the last one to get picked and you're like, wait, I'm actually a really good kicker. Just give me the chance. Nobody gave me the chance. So I built my own field and now here we are playing obsessed. Yeah. That was amazing. So we we're on our walk last week, right? She's telling me this. We're
1: maybe, maybe 90 seconds into this walk. And she goes, so like for you, for example, like if I was with the founder of our place, I would be like, whoa, 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 whatever, not knowing that our place is literally my number one favorite brand that and also probably the only one that I haven't worked with that's like on my list to work with. Like that is how good she is. It was so fast. And it
0: wasn't from like seeing it. It was just like on no, the top of your head. But I also this is the thing is that I care so deeply about relationships. And and I am asked, Kenzie, like I'm sure you are like a million times to do deals for people to go for coffee with them. And so I take a, I look like I had obviously followed you, but yeah. I was like, what brand would be good for her? And then for people, this is the way I do business. If there was ever an opportunity to put you in front of our place no strings attached, I would do that. And Mm -hmm. why would I do that? Because I know that getting you your dream or who I think would actually convert, do amazing, that will tenfold come back to me in the future like no other. I don't need anything from it right away because you will always have my back. And that is why I have a lot of favors to call on now because I've never asked for anything. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. I'm actually very passionate
1: about this. I don't know. I might get this from my dad. It might be the Texan in me, too. Like, I just think like you have nothing to lose by giving someone else a chance. Like even certain deals that I'll get in my inbox, I'm like, that doesn't make sense for me. Like I will literally respond and be like, but I have a great person for you and like send a friend or do certain things where like if I meet with someone, I actually, I'll tell you, I'll talk about this (laughs) later. But if I meet with someone, I'm like, oh, they'd be so good on such and such show, like sending it that way. I just think it like overall, it just like makes the world go around. But I also think it just, Something about like helping other people just makes you feel really good too,
0: you know? I honestly think that's why you and I get along so well. And I think it's the Texas, it's Canada. It's also just like, that is business. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time people think business is the shark tank mentality of rip and tear. And listen, like there are people that have really overstepped and have been extremely taken advantage of in my career. Even to this day, I see people that will read my newsletter, rip it off, create a video before I even can. And it's like, It is so hard to find the balance of not being a pushover, but also doing the right thing. And I think we talked about this, like I give people trust until you break it with me. So I am so willing to go above and beyond for you. And then if I start to feel like, whoa, like that is not a reciprocal relationship. And there was an opportunity for you to pull me up while I'm down and you didn't. That's always good for me to know. But I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt to start. And then I take it away as they, as they execute. Totally. And I think it's the most attractive quality in someone too. I don't want to be near people.
1: I always say like, there's two types of people in the world, like big thinkers and small thinkers. Big thinkers would be someone who's down to help anyone, obviously with boundaries and not being taken advantage of, but wanting to make like, I want in my life, like everyone who is in my life to feel like their world has gotten bigger and not in a way that's lacking boundaries, but in a way of like, what's mine is your, like, I'm not hiding anything. I'm not gatekeeping anything. Like I would, I want everyone to succeed. Also, the more someone exceeds in an industry, the better the industry does. And if you're in that industry, it's actually beneficial for every single person. Like when there's a massive podcast deal with like Spotify or something or whatever it is, like someone gets signed into your media, like whatever it is, that's actually beneficial for the entire industry. Like if a podcaster is transitioning to like traditional, whatever it might be, instead of like getting jealous and getting more like small-minded it's just good for the industry it's good for everyone involved but the second someone is like i can think about the you everyone's thinking about the person who's like the small-minded group of people who are like oh we're not helping you you're using us you're doing this you're doing that but it's just because they have a small-minded view they're the least liked in the long run it's not going to be the best they probably are not that happy with themselves they're probably not having They probably don't have, like, even, like, the best,
0: like, mental space. You know what I mean? It is the most attractive quality to be generous, basically. A hundred percent. And I think you are, and this is something I truly believe, you are the outcome of the people you spend the most time around. And so I think, like, what I always do, and this is something my mom has taught me since I was little, she would say, like, when you leave your friend's house or a sleepover or whatever— Think about who you feel amazing after with and who you feel like she would give me an analogy of a building like you're going up an elevator and who do you feel like you're getting up off the top floor when you finish seeing them? So like when we finished our walk last week, I was like, hi, you know, like I went back and I was like, oh, my God, I feel heard. I feel understood. I feel inspired. I feel creative. I feel excited. Like, this is amazing. I want to help Kenzie. I want to get to know her more. Whereas like some people, when I leave them, I either feel small, like they say something that makes me feel like, oh, okay, I didn't know that about myself. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to like think about that and change myself. Or I feel like, do they have my best intentions? Or Ugh, I really wish I didn't say that. Like, I shouldn't have told them that. Yeah. That is the best gut feeling of like in any context in your life, work, friend, like romance, if it's going to be a good fit for you or not. Totally agree. I feel like with you everyone's always asking career
1: stuff which is amazing it's also all over the internet but it is really <laughs> amazing and like I could talk to you genuinely about that for 15 hours but I do want to talk more about changing your entire life because we've talked about how it's important to build a life outside of a career and you have an incredibly established incredibly successful career but you've made a lot of changes in your personal life I feel like even just in the past like six months alone year mm-hmm. alone so can you speak to honestly, basically changing your entire life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's so much that goes into it. And first of all, thank you. Because I think like we've talked about, I am so much more than just my career. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that, you know, it's like in any aspect of your life, not everything is going to be amazing. And thank God my career has been so established that while I was literally dying on the inside in other ways. Like I had something to lift me up. When I say that all the time to HSR, like anybody that's listening to this, like you guys are literally the reason I didn't have a full mental breakdown during this period. But yeah, I I was in definitely the wrong relationship. And I think it felt like the right thing at the time for the wrong reasons. And I think I was pulling out my hair, trying everything without even realizing how negatively it was affecting every aspect of my life and pulling myself out of that. And it wasn't to say that he's a bad guy. It was the wrong fit for me. And I was trying to fit like a square peg into a round hole. And it was so toxic in the way that it was A literal cancer in all aspects of my life, my friendships, my family, my hobbies, my love of myself, my energy levels. I could do nothing but work and survive. And it took a very long time to recognize like just how bad it was for me because he again, like he wasn't a bad person and nothing like bad to the extent of like cheating or whatever happened that it took so long for me to recognize, like, this is just killing everything else in your life. And once I made that realization, my life has done a 180. I am the happiest I've ever felt. I am the most unapologetically myself. I don't care what you think about me. I am so authentic in my truth and my happiness that every aspect of my life has bloomed. I was saying to my mom on the phone this morning, like it's a weird feeling to be able to work the same amount, but have hobbies and like, go horseback riding on the weekends and then go antique shopping and then still have time to have dinner with my friends and then see my therapist and then call my friends from back home and remember their birthdays and remember that they started school after their mom died. And it's on me to be a good friend. And I just wasn't because all of my energy was going towards something that was literally sucking the life out of me. It's wild. You know, the concept of good, better, best. Yes. I feel like
1: so often out of fear we stay at the quote good instead of even not even getting to the better because to leave a not just a relationship but like an engagement it's terrifying you know to leave to break up with someone is terrifying right so like to really go through it it's honestly it's so I mean I told you this before but like it really is so commendable like and to make that change (sighs) at 31 too yeah and also to be in a different country than your family Mm -hmm. and everyone like it's really impressive that's why I'm like this is a stuff that I love when you talk about this because I think that, yes, you are helping some people in their careers, but like this is the stuff
0: that matters the most. It is. And I think, you know what? It was like we talked about this on our walk. It is it was very hard for me to handle, too, because it has been new to have people invested in my life, which I love. And like I am, again, like so grateful to HSR. I know so many of them are going to share this episode and like they mean the world to me. But at the time, I wasn't I wasn't sure how I even felt about everything. I was living in a hotel just down the street from here, Le Petit Hermitage. I actually was filming Sif's podcast that day, and I remember doing like a get ready with me to go film Sif's podcast. And I was like, oh my god, my bathroom is not my home bathroom. Are people gonna know? Thank God, nobody knew. And I didn't wear my ring that day, and it was one of the first things I was filmed that I didn't wear my ring for. And I remember mid episode, she looks at my hand when I said something, and I was like frozen. Yeah. And I think it was actually like three, four months later that I finally said something. And I'm glad I took the time to really synthesize what was happening, how I felt, how I could help people with this. Because to your point, it is one thing to break up with somebody. It is another to call off an engagement. Mm -hmm. It is, It feels mortifying. It feels like people are going to judge you and they are going to talk about you. And that is something that I was so nervous, even for my parents. Like, how are they going to be perceived? Are they going to be hated by their friends? Like, I had no clue. And I'm so grateful with how I followed my gut, because at 31, all I kept thinking was like, whoa, like, this is not what I pictured. This is not the picture of, I remember somebody from HSR posted something like a week before I ended up living in the hotel and it was like, I just love following Maggie because she is such an amazing career woman and she has an amazing partnership and this like, you know, relationship that we all should strive for. And I was just like, my heart broke because I was like, I kind of feel like I'm living a lie. It's not perfect and I'm not happy and it has nothing to do with him, uh, but I just have to do this. And I'm so grateful that I did.
1: Let's say someone's listening and is relating to every word that you're saying right now, because I'm sure there are people. What
0: advice would you give them? Okay. I just listened to this podcast with Angelina Jolie, and this was the best advice I've ever heard. Don't try to go around it. Don't try to go under it. Go the fuck through it. Like Go through every single emotion. Feel the depths of what you are feeling. Like There were days that I would just pull my car over to the side of the road and bawl my eyes out. And old Maggie, very like hustle, type A, masculine energy would have been like, you're fucking fine, pull it together. You have a job to do, like get through this. No, like go through it, don't get through it. There's a big difference between going through something and getting through something. And I think feeling that emotion of the low was so important. And then the other thing for me was, Getting away, like moving to Calabasas when it was all said and done, nobody really knowing minus my close friends being alone was the most healing experience I have ever had because I was able to keep going with work without feeling like I was being pulled from all ends. I just really with my social life, my friends knew I was going through it and they knew like Maggie probably isn't going to be the best friend right now. And that was all I needed to have permission to like go and heal myself And then the other biggest like kind of tactical things is I didn't go on a dating app until literally like a few weeks ago, I think even probably like a week ago, because I just did not want to fill my ego with attention. I needed to heal myself and I needed to get away from what the man wanted of me and just know what do I want of me? And it's so funny, even like looking back at my old conversations on this app versus now, I was so like a yes man, like you know, this guy would say, do you want to hang out? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Like when? Like, okay, do you want to do Saturday at three? And now this guy like asked me to hang out and I go, I don't really hang out with random men. If you'd like to ask me on a date, let me know the time and place and I'll let you know if my schedule's free. And it's like <laughs> stuff like that, that old Maggie never would have done. And now I feel so empowered to like step into knowing my worth and actually find the right person for me. Totally. I love that. That is so funny. (laughs) So if
1: someone is in a relationship and they just are unsure, how do you know the difference between this is not right for me and anything else? Like maybe you're just you're anxious. Maybe you're anxiously attached. Like how did you know like this is not for me? So
0: high level, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. That's the easiest gut check. The other kind of like less sure things, but I still felt the most true about myself with is I didn't like who I was with him. If you are with a partner and you don't like who you are, I didn't like that I was becoming naggy. I didn't like that I was becoming upset all the time. I didn't like the way that I was engaging in our conversations. I didn't like how much my light was dimming. So it's less about like their characteristics and like going after what they're doing right or wrong. And it's more so like, what do I not like about myself or like about myself? And I would I would actually suggest every single person that's in a relationship that's thinking that this is the next step, like as an engagement or a marriage, sit with yourself for an afternoon, take yourself for a matcha, take yourself for a walk, clear your head, don't wear headphones, like literally just go think, sit down and write, who are you in the relationship with him? And the list should be primarily positive. And if it's not, I'm going to tell you right now it's the wrong person because you will, after a period of time, get to where I was, where it's like you're so tired of putting on a mask and you just need to be authentically yourself. And that is going to be obvious once you figure out who you are in the relationship. That is incredible advice. Like, Thank you. So good. <laughs> you, like Literally months of intensive therapy. But Yeah. <laughs> but, like Actually, it's like real. It's free for you guys. Yes. <laughs> literally, my therapist is like five hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, she was so. just telling me that. that's crazy. <laughs> actually, yeah. guys, what are you guys paying for therapy?
1: My sessions are like 175. But
0: Mine's I'm into a doctor. Serious. So he's a little yeah. bit he, he's like 480. But as opposed to 485, just wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's so worth it. And I don't see him every week anymore, but he will constantly be a source of just like gut check in my life. But I see him like once every three weeks now. When you find the right person too, therapy wise, I just think there no price matters.
1: I mean, okay, price doesn't matter, but like it's a price I'm willing to pay once I find the right person.
0: Price matters. I, I didn't mean it that way, but A hundred percent. Like I, okay, I went to, I have a lot of issues. So I went to see another therapist for something completely different. He's who I go to for like big things. Mm-hmm. This woman I went to more so for like my ADHD. And man, Like I paid $175 for the session and all she told me was like, how does that make you feel? Yeah. And I'm like, lady, like I actually feel distracted and like anxious because I can't get work done. Like I need you to tell me tactics for helping my ADHD. Mm -hmm. So for me, like obviously being a numbers person, I just did the math and I'm like, "Okay, his session, I don't have to see him every single week. It's actually less expensive and more value. It's a great investment for me to see him versus somebody that doesn't work.
1: Yeah, totally. Also, I want someone who's gonna tell me that I'm wrong. Like I hate when a therapist tries to like validate and overvalidate my emotions. Like I I don't really need my emotions to be validated. Actually, like I need someone to tell me like you. That that is not you're seeing this incorrectly. Let's view it this way Like here's tools on how because like i'm here to grow And I need my money to like actually be doing something,
0: you know I'm gonna tell a story that I might regret telling because it's very vulnerable But you get this because I love you and I feel very safe On that point when we were in therapy the two of us when we first went The way I reacted going back to like I didn't like who I was with him my therapist to your point of like Being able to give you feedback looks at me and he's like, Maggie, you're scary right now. Like your reaction to his behavior is scary. And I was like, Whoa, like when somebody tells you your reaction is scary, when you're a very kind, loving person, I was like, Oh my God, like I can't believe that's how I'm acting in this relationship. Here I'm thinking like, this is all you, this is whatever. And then my reaction is so negative and so toxic. How could I ever like not try to change that behavior. And so it's honestly like the biggest pat on the back is like now the old short fuse that I had, the old like control, masculine energy, trying to fit everything in, I'm not scary anymore because I'm in flow. I'm, And this is what he's helped me on is like trying to less control the outcome and enjoy the process of everything, every relationship, and then saying goodbye and getting things out of my life that are no longer serving me. Like that is the sign that therapy is working because I don't react the same way anymore. I didn't even know how I was reacting. And I look back at that and I'm embarrassed and mortified and I'm so proud of myself for being able to react differently now in every aspect of my life. I don't even know why I'm telling the internet that it was scary. But I think to that point is like, that's the exact way that I was able to look inwards and be like, oh, I don't like who I am here. Mm -hmm. I do not like acting this way. And I need to be with somebody as well as doing the work on myself, which is why I didn't go on dating apps for six months. Like, I need to work on this, and I need to be with somebody who doesn't bring this type of a reaction out. And that's how just like I knew it was the right decision. I'm all about building
1: habits and making my life easier. I don't want to overcomplicate things. I want to have it stack. I want to have basically the most optimized like routine that I can have without it being too overwhelming. So I've been drinking AG1 actually for years. Okay. I've been drinking them on and off for years. Like I'll get out of the habit of it and I'll notice it. I feel a little bit like more sluggish and just not my best. But when I'm drinking AG1, I feel a lot like stronger and just more energized. But the other thing I love about AG1 is that I, when I wake up in the morning, like the first thing I go to is coffee. And now that I'm back on my AG1 routine, because you're not supposed to like drink coffee immediately when you wake up, the first thing I do is I make my cup of AG1 and I genuinely really enjoy it. And then I have my coffee later. So it's helped me make myself, like force myself to drink coffee later But more than that, like, it just makes me, I don't know, I have, like, more confidence almost throughout the day because I know that I'm taking care of myself. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre, and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple, okay? It's just one scoop, mix it in water once a day, every day. I have it, like, right where my coffee machine is. So in the morning, I'm like so used to just like walking up there immediately. So I just have it all ready and set to go. I also have a lot of travel packs, which come in handy because I do travel quite a bit. And I travel like throughout the week for work. And when I'm traveling throughout the week for work, I really want to stay in my routine. So that just makes it even easier. I've tried a lot of supplements just like over the year. And sometimes there's like a lot of them and you're mixing them and it's just too much. And it just like isn't that efficient and it's really not always that effective. That is why AG1 for me has been such a game changer. It literally takes 60 seconds and it replaces my multivitamin, my pre and probiotic and my supplements to support energy and focus, which makes it easy to maintain the daily habit. Not only is AG1 so good for you, but they've made it so easy to implement it in your life and make a habit that sticks. So if you all want to take ownership of your health this year, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash house guest. That is drinkag1.com slash house guest. Check it out, guys. I'm so passionate about AG1. Like, I really, really, really love it. And if y'all are trying to do something in the new year and just implement healthier habits, I really cannot recommend it enough. It replaces so many things. It's all in one and it's so much easier. And for me personally, it's like the only supplements and like habits that I've really been able to stick with long-term. And they're just the easiest. It's the best. I'm obsessed. So again, that is drinkag1.com slash houseguest. So I grew up in a very tumultuous household. My family's amazing. We're very close. I have a huge family, blended family. We are in a really good place now. But my childhood was incredibly tumultuous. The dynamics weren't that healthy. I mean, everyone's family has like... Their stuff. There's always stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Like, we should have got a Lifetime movie. But like, there's a lot of stuff there, right? Yeah. It was a very emotionally reactive household. So I grew up and became very emotionally reactive. I didn't like... And when I moved to LA when I was 17, and I had already been in therapy since I was 12 at this point. So the first thing moving to LA that I want to learn is to how to not be emotionally reactive. Like, I don't want to respond to certain things a certain way and I wasn't really that way with like friends because yeah you can't really have like for me at least I didn't have those kinds of relationships so it only shows up in like specific things where it's like a lot of romantic. aspects of you show up in romantic relationships and that was like one of the first things that like I really was trying in my like early adult years to handle was um, becoming like emotionally reactive and now when I'm home like it'll still come out every now and then but so rare like I should probably be a little bit more reactive like now I'm so calm during stuff that
0: it's just I mean if my younger self could have seen like she would never believed it I think that's the most beautiful thing is like I love those videos even at the beginning of 2023 to the end of 2023 like it was like what would January me think if December me Mm -hmm. told what happened and like even just looking at my last year I think my January 2023 would be like, are you fucking kidding me? And that's what makes me so excited about being able to be a human because we're evolving. And it's like, you know, your friendships will evolve. Your relationship with yourself will evolve. And I think the biggest gut check that you're going to live your life that's 180 in the best way, because you should be consistently evolving, is like you should be able to look back at the end of every single year and take inventory of like, what are you working on? Not just like, I want to have better finances. I want to have a better body. I want to have this like, what are you internally trying to work on? Like for me last year, it was like calmness and being like, like to your point, less emotionally reactive and just like able to have this like very soft, feminine, slow living life. And I think these are buzzwords on TikTok, but I'm dead ass serious when I say like, I said, like I live in a slow life in a fast paced world, like especially Mm -hmm. in startup culture, like we're in the startup fast lane. Women have to work twice as hard to have half the respect. So like I am in that fast lane mode, but it's not a buzzword for me. I genuinely am living a slow life. I was late coming here and old Maggie would have had like, like cortisol spiking like crazy, like, oh my God, what is Kenzie going to think? She's going to be so upset. I'm disrespecting her time. I was like, She's okay, like I'm gonna be two minutes late, just like relax. By the way, I don't even think you were. I was I think <laughs> I was like two minutes late I'm the same way. Yeah, you will
1: stress out like crazy being late. Yeah. But like no one, like, not if someone else is late, only if I am. I but, know. Yeah.
0: Because we like that's the thing, is I think that's why we've related so much to each other, is you can tell a soul very quickly from yeah. little things. And so it's okay if somebody's late for me, but how do they act if they're mm-hmm. late? Like, are they apologetic? Like as soon as I was able to text and cause I had parked, texted you right away. I'm just parking, I'm almost coming up. Like be communicative, be apologetic, show that you have emotion about somebody other than yourself. Those are the little things that it's so funny how many parallels there are between of working on myself for relationships and how it's positively affected working on myself in business. It is the same thing. Business is relationship. So yeah. if you are struggling in business or you're struggling in a relationship, do the work and all of that like will rise together eventually. It's so crazy. I want to talk about this feminine soft life that we're okay. both trying to live, by the yes. way.
1: It's so funny because as I think just naturally we have very similar personalities mm-hmm. and just wanting to work, go, 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 achieve, but also we both love like riding horses. We like mm-hmm. feeling calm. Like we we want very similar things. And I think the life that we want, both ends would maybe traditionally contradict each other. Yes. But I want, I want both.
0: Yes. So how are you? How what are, What's your plan? My plan is like one, I just have to be so cognizant about it. So like I journal religiously. It's like actually my most saved things like because I get really deep and I if somebody read my journals, they'd be like, holy shit, this chick's crazy. <laughs> so that's the first thing, honestly. And it is finding things that light my soul on fire that are not monetizable. Horseback riding is something I grew up with. I did it for 11 years. I was a competitive rider. I lost all of my interests over the last few years, whether it was because of relationships or it was because of the hustle culture that I was in and getting back to a barn where I can't be on my phone. Like I literally can't be on my phone. I would die jumping over a jump. That is the most therapeutic thing. And then I think it's also like being mindful about everything. So like something else I have struggled with in my life is my eating and like All comes back to mindfulness. Like, how do you feel after you eat? The other night, I wouldn't say I like binge ate, but I ate and had so much gum that my stomach hurt so much going to bed. And I, for the first time was like, Maggie, be mindful. Like, why did you do that? And it's being mindful of everything. And I know that's like, I heard that all the time on podcasts in the past, but it is slowing down and it's like, if you can't have every single meal, not being addicted to your phone or watching something, try one. So like for me, I try to have one meal every single day. That's literally eating with myself thinking maybe I have a piece of paper and pen there, but it's like, I'm not on my phone for the rest of it. But then I do do a lot of habit stacking. Like you and I both, Mm -hmm. we're like literally the same person. It scares me. We like go to dry (laughs) bar and we work. And that to me is like, that doesn't need to be a mindful practice, getting my hair done. It's actually the best time to habit stack. Or like when I'm trying to go to the gym, like listen to a podcast, duh. Like I don't need to go to the gym to listen to music all the time. Those are great examples of habit stacking, but then there's other times where it's like, this is to be mindful. Your passion, mine's horseback riding. That is to be just horseback riding. I don't need to stack something else onto it. Yeah. And then I think it's also like saying no more than saying yes. Like I, this morning was invited to go to the farmer's market to see my best friend from New York who's visiting with her baby. We haven't been able to see each other in a few days since she's been here. And I was about to say yes, being like, I will have time. And then I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you want to be in a great headspace for this podcast do not push it. Do not try to do everything. Just slow down. You're going to see her on Saturday before she leaves. And if not, you'll fly to New York soon and you'll see her then. Like it's stuff like that where it isn't just saying no to the big stuff. It's saying no to the little offers that you forget how much time it's going to eat up that you could be doing something else with or just doing nothing. Agreed. I think hobbies where like your hands are busy are crucial, like
1: cooking, reading, riding a horse, all of those things, because we're all addicted to our phones. Yeah. So we cannot be on our phones. Like when you're in the middle of especially if it's something where you're creating something. Yes. Like even needlepoint. Like, okay, we've been going, I've been going to needlepoint classes with I'm my obsessed grandmother. i that. And my best friend Macy texted me the other day and she was needlepointing and I was like, oh God, amazing. And I
0: sent her a Google calendar invite for next week on Tuesday at 7 p.m. We're going to have a needlepoint club. See, that's how you know she's a great friend because you can do something that isn't drinking. Yes. Or oh my God. isn't like always having to like put a show on. It's like you guys just have a common interest that doesn't need to revolve around partying. Yes. I think that's actually another huge aspect of it. Like
1: that is something that I'm drastically changing about my life right now is that I and I love going out. I love drinking. I'm the first one to say that like I really do. But because I'm trying to be very cognizant of like where my life is going and what I'm doing, especially as like my businesses are growing and what I want. And I'm like at the end of the day, like I want friendships that actually have depth that you can just come over and we do nothing so I'm investing a lot more into things like that versus being out on Henderson every single which is where our bars are being out on Henderson all the time like which I also love to do and there's a time and a place but again like that is not that isn't getting me to like the lifestyle that I'm living gardening another good example of a hobby where your hands are busy but anyways like it's not getting me to the life that I want to build so I'm I'm being it's the same thing of like saying no I'm trying to Say no to a lot more and especially things that, like, I was doing routinely. I read this book, I already told you about this, but I recorded an entire solo episode on it too. 10x is easier than 2x. And the concept is it's easier to 10x your life than it is to 2x your life. And there's a whole thing behind it. And like, listen to the solo episode. But the idea is if you're going to 10x your life, you keep 20%, you change 80%. If you're going to 2x, you keep 80%, you do 20%. Yeah. So I'm being very mindful of like, even just the day to day things I was doing in my social life, like, what do I need to change?
0: And that's one of them. It's so funny because that is so true for me, especially as it relates to drinking. Like, I was in an article with Business Insider a few months ago because I invested into Sois, which their whole thing is like, don't, they're not trying to encourage people to totally give up drinking, which we just sent you some, by the way. I can't wait. Rose is my favorite, but they are just about like helping you make a better choice. And so for me, like, I have rules around drinking where I don't drink like Monday to Thursday unless I'm on vacation or it's like a wedding or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, It got out of hand when I worked in entertainment because everything revolves around drinking and every role that I've had, venture capital, entertainment, brand, like everybody drinks. That's like what you do for work. And so I put these rules in years ago, like in 2020 when it was COVID and it was really bad. And it's really helped have this like stability in my life. And that's why like I had such like a reaction in a positive way to what Dessois is doing, just based on the way that they were telling the story where Dessois is not like for the sober person. It's for somebody that just wants to elevate their life. And it's like you can just have a great tasting, elevated, bougie drink and have nice garnishes and do the Kenzie special where it's like it looks gorgeous and like you enjoy eating it or drinking it but it isn't something where you feel like you're drinking soda water or Diet Coke and like you have to sacrifice. And I think that's so true for me with my life. It's like, I don't even think I'm really doing dry January. I think I had a drink like January 2nd. I might have another drink this month. I might not, but like, I don't need to have such a like, I have to do dry January Mm -hmm. because my life in general is, whether it's January, February, March, April, May, is just about making better choices and I love to party. Like, I am a good time. And like, I, if you look at some of the pictures of me partying, you'd be like this girl fucking parties. But it's like so rare now that it's once a month. And it's so worth it when I go out that I don't need to do that every single night. And I want to find friends and I have really good friends that is so much more than that. But there's definitely a time and place for it. Like I'm going to Super Bowl and I will definitely be drinking at Super Bowl. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I (laughs) love football now. I do like the, I like, (laughs) it without such, because again, I'm naturally a very extreme person. Mm -hmm. So sometimes things are very black and white for me. And that's actually something I've really, I don't even feel that way anymore, but something I've really worked on in therapy. And I was in like a religious, like a church setting. And that was so much, because I was like, I don't even agree with this. And I'm like, this is so black and white. And it was really difficult for me. And it brought out things. It just, I didn't like, I didn't like it. Like I was just having a hard time with it, with the extreme. So I love that with like dissoir,
0: right? That's what you say. I like that. It's not so black and white. Black and white. It's actually funny. If you want to increase your neuroplasticity, you should have routine, but don't have the same routine within your routine. So what it means by that is like, so for example, my morning is like my sanctuary. I used to have like my old days used to be like every single day up at the same time, same walk that you would go on, same breakfast, same lunch, same dinner, same time, like literally everything was the same. And I listened to this podcast that literally changed my life. And if you are doing your morning routine, go on your walk, do a different route. If you're going to the grocery store, walk a different way around your grocery store. If you're reading, read in a different spot in your house. Like we are a human nature that needs rituals and routines. But what really did make a huge impact to feel like I wasn't in a rut or like constantly just doing the same thing, because then your brain will really crave this like curiosity and the spontaneity, which might be way too extreme, like then you go party like crazy is like just do your little things differently a little bit every single time. So like next time you're like, let's go on a walk in Dallas, like let's do a different trail Mm -hmm. so that it like keeps it interesting and keeps us being like, oh, I didn't know this before. Oh, I saw this. It's so pretty. My like curiosity is now expanded. That's so smart. I've even found not even knowing that with my morning
1: routine, I don't just because my workouts change daily. So like my routine does slightly change. I just have like, key things that I want to do. Like I want to like sauna. I want to read. I want to journal. Like, I, But they're not always in the same order. And I found that that helps me stay consistent
0: with the routine because I don't get bored. I'm looking forward to it. It's like some it's just it doesn't become as mundane. It means I think that you're in flow, like going back to this like feminine energy thing, like masculine energy. It's so funny because when somebody my friend Hila actually was the one that taught me this and this was years ago and she's like, I'm taking femininity classes because she's like a super type A entrepreneur. And I was like, so on this, like women's empowerment, like that is so demoralizing to women. And like, we are like, you know, we have fought so hard to get here to be able to do this. And she's like, that's not what it means. It means being able to like detach from things and like having to sauna and having to work and having to do all these things. Like feminine energy is just being in flow and knowing that like what is meant for you is meant for you. And it's so hard to do. And it it's like this unlock that when you do it and it's constant practice, your life, just becomes easier. And it's hard to release that control, especially with trauma driven. Like I posted that TikTok last night about like, how do I like do this with men? That is still something I'm learning. It started with like the routine, the way that I'm living my life, the friendships that I have. And now it's time for me to do this in the most vulnerable aspect of my life, which is with men and with dating. And like I am 31 and I have healed for a long time. And I do want to find somebody, but it has to be when I'm in a feminine role and I'm not trying to force masculine Maggie out. I
1: want to touch on this because this is huge. And again, surprise, surprise, I, I'm the same. So <laughs> you said something, I believe this was in a TikTok or maybe it was just when we were talking, <laughs> that, you know, when you're dating and you're in your masculine energy, like we both, like I have dated people who are jobless, home, like they don't have anything, right? And nothing going for them. And it's always, it's just, it's never good, obviously. Yeah. But like the reason, what I found is the reason why in my past, like ex-boyfriends have been attracted to me was my drive and was the like success and the wanting for, you know, a big, like beautiful life. But that ended up being the thing that completely crushed us as well because it was, you know, threatening. And also I wasn't allowing them to like operate. And like, they also, I was picking people who weren't going to
0: do it anyways. You know what I mean? So yeah, how do we do that? (laughs) It's really funny because like, this is something I'm still, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm an expert, but what I have learned and what I will say I'm proud of myself for, even with like the example of that guy that was like, let's hang out. Like, no, I'm not fucking hanging out with you. I have enough people to hang out with. Like Mm -hmm. be a man, ask me on a date. And genetically, and this is something that like, I hope that like, you know, the extremists don't come for me, but like genetically we are nurturers. And I think obviously we've made so many strides, which we should, where like there is an opportunity to vote and earn the same amount and like get the same amount of venture dollars. But genetically, we are made to nurture relationships. And we are attracted to men genetically that will like if a tribe were to come and try to kill your tribe, your husband would be able to like protect you. That is like genetically made up in us. So I think it's like obviously we're not in that world anymore. But I think for me, I need a man that is the leader, that is pursuing me. And I do love this mission of like Bumble, like make the first move for sure. Make the first move, but then don't keep making the moves because I think what happens is you at the beginning set the foundation for what the relationship is going to be. And if you have that energy of like, I'm a problem solver, I'm going to take care of everything. I know where to go for dinner. I know the really cool spots. I know where we're going to travel to. Don't worry about picking up this. Like I'll get that. Like you are breeding a relationship into your life that eventually what has happened to me is like, I am annoyed of and like, I am like, why can't you do this? It is masculine and attractive. And I will want to have sex with you. If you are leading me down a path that is like fulfilling and loving and opening my mind, I don't want to have sex two years down the line with somebody that's just like looking at me like, so what next? It's like, you fucking tell me what next, you know? So I think it's like in the past, I was so desperate to be loved and so desperate to have somebody love me that I was willing to take on that role. And I'm not doing that anymore. I would rather be alone and lonely than lonely in another relationship with the wrong person. So like you show me, prove me wrong, prove to me that you can lead Because that is what being a true secure man is. And I'm just done dating insecure men. Absolutely. Amen. (laughs) Honestly, that could be a TED talk. (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) Honestly, it's funny because like I prep a lot for therapy because my sessions are so expensive. And so last night I was writing out all my notes of like the last I haven't seen him in a while because of the holiday, like all these experiences with men. To be honest, like I have done a lot of work on other aspects in my life. This is what I need to work on the most right now. So, this is what I'm really focused on. And I was writing out these notes and I was just like, I could answer a lot of these questions for myself because when you take a step back of how you feel, how like we all have these emotions. I want to be loved. Like, I want to be like, I want that. So, we're so willing to like force it to happen when you take yourself out of it and you're reflecting, and this is why journaling is so critical for me, like the answers are there and you don't totally. have to pay $500 a session yes. because you're able to be like, wait, like, oh my God, look at what how I felt. Look at what he said, look at this. And then the answers are are given to you. And I think that's yes. why like you have to journal, you have to reflect, you have to just like get out of hustle, be in feminine and your whole life will change.
1: I do this thing normally called morning pages I wake up in the morning I write for three pages straight and I always say if therapy is something that maybe isn't as accessible I honestly I think at this point especially once you've learned a lot of the tools from therapy the thing that has benefited in my life the second most next to therapy would be morning pages because I will write and write and write and because you can't take your pen off the paper and you keep going half the time I'm like I have nothing to write I don't know what to do whatever but then the most random things will come out of you that you haven't even thought about and I'm like I'm able to connect the dots in my own life or notice like I suddenly am remembering this, this bothered me. This happened to me 10 years ago. I didn't even realize that I haven't thought about it in 10 years, but that's why this is bothering me here. And that's why I'm acting this way. And then I'm able to like go to the root of the issue and like heal that. And it's literally life-changing. Like journaling is
0: the, I I think it's like the best wellness practice, honestly. And I think that's why like, you know, I I would agree totally with your point of like therapy is not the most accessible thing for people, but there is so much online now. And there is so many people, like I even post like affirmations, like you post so much stuff like that people can go and look at. But like, I do think it is like tactical things go back into your childhood. What role did you play in your family? Because that's often Mm -hmm. the role that I played in my relationships where it's like problem solver, like I got it, like I'll figure it out, put it on my back. Yeah. And I think once you have that understanding of who you are, it's like be open to being wrong. Like I am so okay being wrong. It's almost a little scary. My biggest red flag with people is like when they can never apologize, when they are never wrong, you are not ready to change. Because if you think that you are perfect... You have so many problems that I wouldn't even know where to start with you. And I think I was to the extreme actually before where I always thought it was my fault. I'm the problem. People hate me. And that's why I posted this and it went crazy like a few months ago. It was like hot, smart, rich girl, non hot, smart, rich girl habits. And one of them was like overthinking that your friends are mad at you. Like your friends are probably not thinking about you. But I was that old way where like when I was in the hustle, for days and then I would surface and my phone would be kind of silent for a weekend I'd be like oh my god people hate me like I did something like oh my god what the fuck did I do what did they hear about me and would spiral and so I was the flip side of thinking that I had like nothing wrong with me I was like constantly thinking I was doing stuff wrong so now I have this equal life where I'm like I know I'm not perfect. Like I have to evolve. I have to change. I'm open to feedback. But like people are also not mad at me unless they tell me that they're mad at me. And I should have people around me that would say something if I upset them. And if I don't and they're just going to go and drop me or talk shit about me. Well, they somebody said this on TikTok, like they let the trash out themselves. Like they Mm -hmm. let themselves go out because they weren't actually friends of mine to begin with. One of the
1: best, actually the best guy I ever dated grew up with parents who made them? They were a big. They had a huge family, right? And as toddlers, when they would get in fights, the parents would make them say, "I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me?" I remember that even now. When we were childhood friends. Like I, this I've known this most of my life. I still remember that now, and I remember being like 15 and thinking, like, "I'm going to do that one day." Yeah. Because I think it is the best thing to learn young too, and I think it's just an, such an incredible
0: attractive quality in someone. A hundred percent. And you should want feedback. Like this is actually the biggest thing that I do in diligence when I'm diligencing a founder. And it's something like, you know, I fell into this a few years ago now. So I have a good feedback loop. And that's something that's really hard when you start investing is like you actually don't know if you're good at what you do. And there will be losses. Like one of my first angel investments that I ended up investing into during my corporate venture days, like it just closed down a few weeks ago. And like it was heartbreaking. Estee Lauder led their seed round. So I have pattern recognition now of like what works, what doesn't. And it really is founders. That's it. Like it, the business doesn't matter. The mark, like it, they can pivot. So during diligence now, one of the things that I do is like, I kind of try to fabricate or find. If I can't find something, I fabricate it a little bit to see how a founder will take feedback. And it's never good. Like, it's never like, oh my God, everyone loves you. It's like, hey, I saw this on social media. And like, there was like this, you know, or I went and did some diligence with some of the doctors and like, this is what they said about the company. And like, I really don't care about their answer as much as I care about how they're answering it and what their behavior is like. So like if they're defensive, if they are dismissive, if they if I feel like they're trying to dance around it and not really try to take the feedback, synthesize it and be able to like actually have an action plan that is going to solve the problem then they're probably not the right founder because shit is going to go wrong all the time. There's going to be so many people that are going to fabricate stuff about you, even on your reviews. You have to be able to get through that. And if somebody, even in dating now, if I give you feedback and you're dismissive and you're defensive, I'm like, red flag, done. But if you did something and I can talk to you about it and you are able to sit with me and synthesize it and be like, okay, fair. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. I hear you. I'm going to think about it. And if their actions ultimately change, that to me is not a red flag anymore. That is amazing, actually. That's what I'm doing right now. I know. (laughs) So I'm like, yes, (laughs) you know, the whole story. (laughs) I can't talk about that. This is my thing is that what's so and we talked about this, but like, oh, my God, I always think, what if you're dating somebody? And then they see a TikTok video or a listen to a podcast and you've talked about it. And it's not even like 100% yet. How awkward is that? Yeah. Like, does this happen? No. So that's, yes, it happens all the
1: time. I I always think about that when people, even when they have like the pseudonames and stuff, like pseudonyms on like. Like NFL man before yes, he was. A, yes, yes. Yes. Like, and I think that's different because of their relationship, but just different scenarios. I always think
0: that I'm like, what if they see that, you know? Like, Like, I had this guy called him Avocado Toast Man. (laughs) And, like, this man made me drive 40 minutes to where he lived and he tried to make me avocado toast for dinner. And I'm so, this is again, shows how powerful I've become because old Maggie would have like shrunken up and been like, okay, like, thanks so much. Like, I'm getting nervous now, even talking about it. And I said something like, hey, you know, it's a really nice thought. I don't eat avocado toast for dinner when I just worked like a 10 hour day. And when it's not gluten free bread, because I have celiac disease, (laughs) I physically can't eat this. Do you mind if like we go somewhere else? And it wasn't in this way where it's like, I'm fucking deserve better. It was just like, I know my worth. I just drove 40 minutes to get here. I'm exhausted. I'm hungry. I want to have a meal with you. Like, let's actually make effort. I can't imagine telling that story as I was seeing him and calling him avocado toast, man. Mm -hmm. It's like that is I I don't know how people do it. And it's something I'm trying to balance of like being authentic, but not letting too much of my personal life come through before I even know what it is yet.
1: I've got like, great stories from the past year that I wish more than anything like I wish that I was that way because honestly my stuff would perform well and people would be
0: <laughs> into I have like the best stories and I still am just like uh, you it's, know it's just a red it's a it's a line that especially with what you and I do like you are such an entrepreneur there will be like it's so crazy to me even going on a dating app and seeing guys that have like pitched me as a founder and I'm like oh my god like I can't even swipe yes although if he had asked me out in real life, like maybe I would have. So it's like this balance of like trying to maintain this professionalism, but also bringing people in for the ride, because this is why I'm so passionate about talking about relationships. And I really want to tell this story because it's kind of crazy. Like this is what women, especially in entrepreneur startup world experience Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, We we have multiple motivations and there is multiple reasons to want to meet people. And not every single man that's single in the startup world do I want to have a relationship with by any means. And so what happened a few weeks ago is I met this guy. I have always been attracted to him. I've known him for a few years and we reconnected over backgammon. We're playing backgammon for like two hours. And I was like so excited because I think he's so cool and interesting. And his friend was at the table talking to another girl. So like I barely talked to this guy. At the end, he tells me he works in startups. He's a founder. Okay, cool. He asks for my number. I'm thinking like he's asking for my number for work. And this other guy, he doesn't ask me out for like four weeks. And so finally, when we went out, I asked him, I'm like, why did it take so long for you? And he's like, well, because I thought you were interested in my friend. And that is why I want to talk about stuff like this, because just because I work in startups and just because I am very outgoing, I network like crazy, it it does not mean that I'm interested in your friend. When I was giving this man all the signs like, I'm into you, I find you intriguing, you're gorgeous, like I love who I am around you. That's why I want to talk about this, because what other person in startups do you know that is equally talking about the business side, but it's also going to shoot it straight on what it's actually like to be a female in the startup industry, the good, the bad, and the fucking ugly. Like it's hard. There is so much sexism that goes around. There is so much like hush-hush stuff that still happens. And I want to try to peel the layers back so that women listening that want to be successful, want to be driven, want to be an entrepreneur, want to be a tech worker, they don't feel like it's only happening to them, which is what I felt like for so long.
1: Totally. I mean that you're the only one (laughs) they got. Yeah. And I'm like actually beneficial. (laughs) Okay. So I could talk to you forever. We will definitely have you on like five more
0: times, (laughs) but where can they find you? And do you have anything you want to share? Yes. So you can find me at Maggie Sellers on Instagram, Maggie Sellers underscore on TikTok. Hopefully we get that soon. I have a newsletter that comes out. It's called In Case You Missed It Every Single Sunday. It has a 90% open rate because it's like half personal, half also like a lot of business news. So like founders love it because they actually get tactical things as well as like you hear the real tea about my life. And then we also are starting to drop like Really more intensive things for women that want to take more control over their finances. So how I started angel investing is a rendition of the 50, 30, 20 budget. So we're calling it the HSR 50 20, 20, 10 method. There's a pinned video on my profile. It kind of gives it a high-level overview. That comes out this Thursday. So by the time this drops, it will definitely be out. And I actually recorded the Shopify podcast to launch it. So they're helping promote it. And it's it's something I've done for years. So I'm excited that people can now go and get it. Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. I love you. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. If you love this episode,
1: please don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really helps the show grow. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram or YouTube at Kinsey Elizabeth or on TikTok at Kinsey the Texan. I drop new episodes every Thursday and they're also available to watch on YouTube. Thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you all next Thursday.